Welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. Before we get started, I want to remind our listeners who are actively relaunching to make sure to register and upload your resume to our iRelaunch job board. Go to iRelaunch.com and you'll find it. Employers who are looking to hire relaunchers regularly peruse our job board for candidates for their career reentry jobs and programs. All right, now on to our podcast conversation. Today, we welcome Christine Fay, a human resources professional who took a nearly seven-year career break. Christine is currently an HR manager at Granova, an innovative biotechnology startup focused on high quality waste reduction solutions. She has extensive experience in human capital consulting across a variety of industries from Fortune 500 companies to federal government agencies. Christine has worked on global HR transformation projects, designed and implemented learning and development trainings, and created HR programs for a number of companies. She's also on the board of directors of the Richmond, Virginia chapter of the Society for Human Resource Management, also abbreviated as SHRM, where she serves as the director of learning events. In today's episode, we speak with Christine about her own relaunch and how professional associations can help with upskilling, reskilling, and networking. Christine, welcome to 321 iRelaunch. Hi, Carol. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, it's really great to see you. And I'll just um, tell our listeners that Christine and I met when I was speaking at the Richmond Sherm Leadership Conference uh, a while ago. And Christine last year. Yeah. Christine hosted a a Q&A with me and we had a really great conversation and we were so looking forward to this moment when we could interview her. So, uh, Christine, can we start with you telling us a little bit about your background? Um, what did you do before your career break and what prompted you to step away from the workforce? Sure. So I uh, was in human capital consulting for um, two large firms, uh, Barron Point and then Deloitte, um, and was your typical consulting schedule on a flight uh, Monday morning and then flying back um, on Thursday. And my focus had always been um, human capital, which is the HR focus in in consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, however, I knew that I always wanted to go back and do in-house HR, HR meaning HR for a company. Um, I decided uh, that I would do that um, after the birth of my daughter. So fast forward, I have my daughter um, and I had originally planned to be home six months to maybe a year. And life happens. Um, at, at the time, uh, my my then spouse was working in the intelligence community for the government and had a very erratic travel schedule. Uh, we were living in the the D.C. area, no family and friends to to be able to help out. We had friends, but nobody they were all working as well. So mm-hmm. um, my career break actually got extended. <laughs> yeah. Due to logistics. So uh, what I thought was going to be maybe six months turned into seven years, along with a couple of relocations in there as well. You know, 
I can't tell you how often we hear this. People think that they're going to have a short career break, maybe one or two years. And then the next thing you know, you wake up and five or 10 years have gone by. And it's always for, you know, a a reason that makes total sense. Um, But things are unpredictable. And if you're already on career break, you are often the person who is there to enable all that change while your spouse or partner is working or other other circumstances. Absolutely, too. I, I have to laugh looking back um, because I was a consultant. I actually had to project plan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, looking back, I thought, oh, gosh, that's so obnoxious. But I had a perfect plan in place. OK, I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to you know, be at home and then I'm going to go back. And that's when I'm going to make my career pivot and go in-house HR. And of course, none of that went as planned. Um, I also didn't sleep for a year having a daughter who was waking up um, constantly. um, And, but I loved it. It was great, but yes, other factors too, you know, the childcare too, when you start to look at, okay, what is it going to take for childcare? And then when you do have someone that's, that's traveling several months at a time overseas, and then it's all on you, are, are you looking at, you know, overnight help or, you know, how are, how are you going to travel and, and do your work schedule? So a lot of, a lot of moving pieces that it, it makes it, it's, it's not a simple decision for, for anyone, I don't think. Absolutely. And so can you um, bring us back to that time you're on career break and then you are deciding that it's time to go back to work and maybe tell us a little bit about that decision and what were some of the first steps that you took to relaunch your career? Sure. So we moved um, where where I am now in Richmond, Virginia, and I thought, okay, here, you know, I'm ready to go back and dusted off the resume and started applying for jobs and uh, crickets. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing that was a, a challenge is that all of my professional network had been Boston, New York, and DC. Those are the places that I had worked. Those were all my where my professional contacts were. And then we landed in Richmond. And I didn't have any professional contacts. I was starting from scratch. And it was it was much more, someone had had said to me, it's it's more of a relationship-based city. And um, for example, had I been in DC. I could just call up one of my friends or, you know, email and say, Hey, I'm looking for a job. And they'd say, great, send me your resume. And they'd forward it on to their coworker who I wouldn't even know. And, you know, they would take a call with me. And and here it was a little bit different because I didn't have that, that base. So mm-hmm. people didn't know who I was or what I was looking for. So the just blindly applying to jobs wasn't working. Right. <laughs> and, and so I quickly pivoted and started to network. Um, and I would network with anybody I, I could. I mean, I was bringing my, dropping my daughter off at preschool and I'd be chatting, Hey, what do you do for work? Oh, what do you, where are you from? And just some sort of connection. And then, you know, offer to, you know, take someone to, to coffee or if they knew somebody. So I had a lot of networking coffees, which, actually ended up being how I found my, my first role back. Um, Mm -hmm. So as frustrating as it it was at the time, because it, it went a lot slower. I will say that networking did really help with building 
a professional network in a place that I didn't have one. And also got me to really think through what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go in-house HR, but you you really need to be a little bit more specific because mm-hmm. no one's going to tell you, oh, this is what you should do. I have this perfect job for you. You you really need to tee it up for people. So that that the process really helped me do that. And then ultimately mm-hmm. find uh, my first role back, which, you know, I was really lucky. My, my then boss, she was, she understood, you know, taking a career break and then coming back. She actually was new in her role and was looking for someone who had an HR consulting background, but wanted to do talent acquisition. And mm-hmm. we just got chatting and you know, hit it off. And she looped back with me and said, Hey, I have this role. Are you interested? And I went in for the interview and uh, got the role. Oh, okay. So you covered a lot of ground there and I want to um, step back and ask you some details about that. Sure. So when you said that one of the first things you did was you would drop your child off at, at uh, preschool and you would get in conversations with people about their work. So mm-hmm. Uh, you so you meet them and you were just in the conversation. Then you say, "What do you do?" Or you know, "Do you work?" Or how, how do you? What did you say? Well, I, I will say I, I'm a little bit of a chatter. <laughs> and I love meeting people, so it, it for me it was second nature. I just, oh, where are you from? Are you from this area? I'm new to the area. Oh, what do you do for work? Or if they didn't work at the time, I, what did you do? Or mm-hmm. where did you go to school? And you know, the conversation would just evolve. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a match with each person, but, you know, you know, sometimes I'd stumble on to somebody. I I remember one mom, she actually had worked at Deloitte too, but she was working in New York on the accounting side and I was on the consulting side. So it was like, why don't we just go get coffee? And, and even though I wasn't looking for an accounting role, she ended up putting me in touch with um, an HR con, someone who knew she knew worked in HR here in Richmond, who I got in touch with and grabbed grab coffee. So it was almost like a, if you think of like a spider plant, like you, mm-hmm. I'd have a conversation um, or a coffee with someone and I would always, you know, make a point to ask them, Hey, do you think there's anybody else that you know, I could meet with. And, you know, nine times out of 10, they're going to give you a name and I would follow up with that person. I see. And, you know, you're illustrating something um, that we talk about a lot, that you have to have a lot of conversations to yield a few that lead to something else. And that's just part of what happens. You accept that from the beginning. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, I would say it took me, you know, a couple years. I mean, I was, I was at home and we had moved and was settling into a new city, but I was, you know, networking when I could, when I could fit it in. So mm-hmm. that that's definitely one thing that it, it took longer than I initially anticipated. Yeah. It, yeah. It tends to take longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you had the um, information sessions how did you reach out to the person and what did you say? Like on an email, what was the subject line? What did you say in there? So-and-so recommended you'd be good to talk with. And, and then what would you actually discuss when you had coffee? 
Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Um, so I would always ask if someone was giving me the contact, do they prefer email or phone? And so I would follow up and, you know, introduce myself, say, Hey, I, I, I met with so-and-so I'm looking to, to, you know, get back to work. I'm, I'm in, for me personally, I was interested in HR and they gave me your name, you know, thought it would be great for, for us to meet. Um, and for the most part, you know, people will take you up on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually branched. I mean, gosh, I talked with people in learning development, people that worked at the university, somebody that worked in finance, somebody that worked in insurance. I wasn't picky. I wasn't like, oh, I'm only going to meet with HR people. I was just interested in meeting with, um, you know, any anyone that was willing to have coffee and, you know, and sometimes would give advice. I'd ask like, um, you know, if it was something outside of an industry I worked in, or if it was outside of a funk, like the HR function, I would, you know, be curious and ask, ask questions. Um, Cause at the end of the day, it's, it's just great to build a professional network, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I've, I've gone back to some of those folks too, because I've, you know, reached out for professional work, you know, situations, if we've got it, you know, now I turn around and if I'm hiring somebody, oh, I met you when we were networking and we were in finance, but I was in HR, but hey, we've got this role opened. Or um, if we have a project that I know somebody I worked with could be a a good fit. Mm -hmm. So I I was, I was very open. Mm -hmm. That was, I think, key. And I have one more detailed question to ask you. So um, when you met the woman who ended up uh, with the role that you took, mm-hmm. was that someone else recommended that you have coffee yeah. with her? And then like, what happened in that conversation that you I, led to her following up? Yes. So I actually think she was three connections. I had mm-hmm. some coffee with somebody who put me in contact with someone who had uh, worked with her in another role and then connected me with her. So it was sort of, again, through that, through that network, I just really mm-hmm. stumbled upon her because otherwise I never would have. And she was working in HR. She had just started a role as HR director for the, the new company. And we got chatting. She actually had worked in HR consulting as well at a competitor where I, where mm-hmm. I had worked. So we had, we had some things in common. So I, I guess I, I could say it's an, it's a networking success story, right? Because right. <laughs> it ended Absolutely. in a job. Right. And then how did you handle discussion about your career break when you were in these conversations and then maybe when you moved forward and, and had more interviews? Mm-hmm. So I will say at first, um, when I was brushing off that resume and applying to roles, I didn't put my career break down Mm -hmm. because I didn't know what to say. I thought, oh, I just won't put anything. Mm -hmm. And um, it, I would say, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I found quickly uh, a few, I did get a few interviews and people would say, well, why, why were you what did you do? Why, what were you doing the past like six or seven years? And um, so people are looking for you to, to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I then put it on my, my resume. Um, and then in networking conversations, I would say it was so much easier to explain because mm-hmm. you're in person and you're, you're talking and 
people get, oh, I, I, I took a, a break to, to care for kids or took a break to care for whether it's sick parents or, or whatever the situation is. People, people mm-hmm. understand that. Um, I think when you're talking to someone in person, it's, it's different than just a flat resume when there's a blank space. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, um, I think it was, this was after I had gone back to work, but when I relaunched was encouraging people on LinkedIn to put the career break. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% behind that. I went, even though I was working, I went and put in career break because it's it's something so many people do. I mean, for various reasons. Um, and it's a lot easier now, I think, to, to put that on than before when uh, some people were hiding it or, you know, just not addressing it. Right. Yeah. And it's great that LinkedIn has that category now where you can put career break and and the reason, but that's really interesting to hear you reflect on how you evolved in relationship to how you're going to portray your career break. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your um, involvement with the Society for Human Resource Management or SHRM, and also when you got involved and whether that overlap with your relaunch. But before we get into that, can you give a quick explanation for our audience about what SHRM is and does? Sure. SHRM is the largest HR association in the world. I think they're in 165 countries and they provide or they're advocates for people in the workforce, um, the workplace of the future, thought leadership. They offer leadership learning and development opportunities to really um, advance HR professionals and the HR function. Mm-hmm. So there's, uh, it's a professional association, then there are events, but there's also coursework and the th- whole range. Sure. Of- there are SHRM certifications if you're an HR professional. There's also local chapters all over the country, all over the world um, that offer learning events, webinars, information on their website if you're an HR professional, or even if you are dealing with an HR issue, you can certainly reach out to SHRM and they are a wealth of, of knowledge. You can tell I'm a little biased because yeah. I'm a, I'm a member, uh, so I I've really enjoyed working with Sharm. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned learning events, and your role right now is director of learning events. And can yes. you tell us a little bit more about what you do in that role? Sure. Um, the director of learning events role is is really near near and dear to my heart because. The Richmond Sherm chapter has done a fantastic job of really providing information around the workplace of the future. So I I think my role is super fun because I get to um, host and develop in-person learning events for the Richmond chapter. So we have events like HR Microburst, which is mini HR presentations on hot topics of, of the day for HR professionals. And then it provides networking opportunities. New this year, we hosted coffee with um, chief human resource officers. So we had panel discussions, chatting with them and, you know, getting their insights on, you know, the workplace now and in the future. And um, then our big event, which you took part in last year, was the strategic leadership conference that we offer every year. And that's a one day event that is in person. Um, We've done it uh, virtually as well. There's usually a virtual option. 
but bringing leaders who are going to speak on topics that are really important for HR professionals to to learn about. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the role that Sherm played in your own relaunch and your career since you relaunched? Well, it's, it's funny because I actually was a Sherm member before I took my career break and I was living in, in DC. And then during my career break, I, I wasn't actively involved. And I actually ended up not getting back involved until I had started my role at my, my first job back after my career break. And it was my boss who um, I had networked with. She actually asked me if I was interested. And I said, oh, sure, absolutely. And the first role, they needed somebody to help co-chair the strategic leadership conference. So I co-chaired with another woman, Ebony. She was great. Um, We had a lot of fun and that's how I got involved. So I I wasn't involved during my um, career relaunch. I got involved after. However, Mm -hmm. towards the end, like right before I I landed my role, that's when I learned about iRelaunch. I had been Googling and, and seeing different programs. And at the time, I think I relaunched was, you guys are in New York and London, Mm -hmm. much bigger cities. And I thought, oh my gosh, what a fantastic idea. And I wish that they were in in Richmond at the time. So when I got involved with SHRM, I thought this this is a fantastic idea and and something I wish I had access to. Mm -hmm. I was going through my career relaunch. And so that's why when we had the opportunity to bring you (laughs) to the strategic leadership conference, I thought this is perfect because not only is it helpful for career relaunchers, it's so important. I mean, I, I worked in talent acquisition and I, I understand the, how important it is to have alternative talent pipelines and, you know, every company, you know, attraction and attention is one of the biggest topics that they're, they're dealing with, you know, mm-hmm. where do you find these employees and how do they retain them? And here is this organization where, hey, it's an option. There's yeah. a whole group of folks that are, you know, untapped talent that can, you know, help companies fill roles. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting to hear you talk about it because you have such a unique perspective, having gone through the process yourself, so mm-hmm. you know it firsthand, and then be in an HR talent acquisition yeah. function where you're looking at it from the other side and planning events for your professional association, yeah. looking at it from the employer side. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do you have any suggestions for relaunchers if they're interested in HR? Do you think it's a good idea for them to get involved in SHRM while they're on career or once they actively start getting ready to return? And is there anything in particular you think that they would benefit from? Absolutely. In fact, I had um, a couple of relaunchers, people relaunching their careers, reach out because they were joining SHRM as they were starting their career search in in HR. So I would say, yes, reach out to your your local SHRM chapter. Um, They have job boards there as well. You You can look at. And in terms of networking, there's no better place to start networking. SHRM folks, always host um, onboarding sessions and networking sessions. I mean, let's see, all of the learning events that we have always have a networking component to them. So it's a great opportunity to get involved and meet other HR professionals if that is, you know, where you're looking to to go. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's great. That's great advice. Christine, I'm interested in hearing your perspective now that you've been back in the workforce for, I think, four and a half years. And I wanted to know, do you still think of yourself as a relauncher? Do you retain that identity in some way? And how has your life changed since you have been back at work? You know, it's it's funny you should ask that because even though now I'm I'm back to work full time, I absolutely identify as an I relauncher because I have gone through the process. I've I had a career and then took the career break and then worked to, did the work to to get back into to the workforce. So I do, and it's funny because. I was working full time when I was updating my LinkedIn profile with a career break on it, even though I, mm-hmm. I was working full time, because I, I do think it's it's important to know. And I have I have a daughter and I want her to be able to make the choice whether she wants to work or take a break, but also know that there are options. There are great programs out there and it's it's OK to take breaks really for any, for anyone, mm-hmm. um, for any reason. And I think people are working longer now. Uh, I, gosh, I've seen the retirement age. I, I think it was wall street journal had had an article like the new retirement age is, you know, bumped like 10 years or 20 years. And so yeah. when you think about that. If we're working, you know, 60, 70 decades, who, who knows? Inevitably, you're probably gonna take a break. Most yeah. people, you know, you're exactly right. I'm you're, we're moving toward the hundred year life, and yeah, that does imply the sixty yeah. year career instead of a forty year career. And we believe that this is why. And I relaunch. I mean, this is why career breaks are not going away, and we're going to see more of them for exactly the reason you're saying. We don't think people are going to work sixty years all the way through without yeah. a break. Yeah. And maybe take multiple breaks. Yeah, absolutely. I do think that that's going to be something we're going to see more and more in not just taking breaks for, for childcare. It can be taking breaks for, I mean, sometimes people just take a sabbatical or, um, you know, they're dealing with aging parents, or sometimes there could be an injury or an illness that they're, they're dealing with. There's so many, so many reasons. And to know that that's okay. That's, that's, part of life and you Mm -hmm. can certainly go back to work. It's not as if you take a break and you lose all of your knowledge. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Christine, just to come back to that, uh, the question, do you see yourself differently now? Um, Is there like, do you feel like you have more confidence? Do you look at, I guess, is your your routine things about um, your your life and your lifestyle. Can you comment on how that's changed since you've gone back to work? Sure. Um, I would say I am probably a little bit more stressed. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot more planning that goes into the pick up and drop off. I'm a single working mom. So there's a lot of planning that I, that I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that's for sure. I would say confidence, definitely. That's something that I've shared with friends who are going back to work too. Your your confidence takes a little bit of a hit, like when you stop working and suddenly step away and 
it's it was a little intimidating to go back and I I was I self-doubted myself you know so, mm-hmm. a little bit like oh my gosh I haven't been on Microsoft Outlook sending emails <laughs> even though within a week of being back to work I was like oh yeah I remember this now and you know it's like riding a bike but um yeah I would definitely say you know the confidence ha- has definitely gone up and I'm a lot more empathetic and understanding mm-hmm. with employees and working in HR. I think that's, that's helpful. Um, I understand, you know, people sometimes have a need to, to step away from the workplace and that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly the work's always going to be there, right? You, <laughs> you come back. I mean, right now there's not enough people to fill all the jobs that we have right now. I, I was just looking at actually Sherm had uh, posted the state by state data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics. And in mm-hmm. Virginia alone, there's three hundred and seven thousand job postings right now, just in that state, just in Virginia. And then unemployment in Virginia, they're estimating about one hundred and thirty five thousand people that are unemployed. So even mm-hmm. if you fit all those folks into the role, you still have jobs that we don't have mm-hmm. employees for. So I think even more important to to really look at from if you're an HR professional, you know, there's all different types of candidates with skill sets and experiences and have taken breaks. And, you know, there's there's a role for them in the workforce. Yeah. Well, it's great to hear you say that, especially given all of your experience and the and the work that you do in this field, human resources, talent acquisition, like you would know better than anyone else. Christine, I I want to ask you our final question, the one that we ask all of our podcast guests. I feel like this conversation went so fast, uh, but we want to end with what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience? even if it's something that we've already talked about today? I would say, um, give yourself some grace. You're going through a major transition and relaunching your career, it's it's a journey and it's it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily gonna be a straightforward path. And it may not go exactly (laughs) as planned, but um, I can promise you from someone who's who's been there and, and done that, that it's gonna be fantastic you know, on the other side, when you, when you get through it and you land your first job. And even after that first job, when you're, you know, getting back into your career, or if, if you've transitioned and pivoted into a new career, um, mm-hmm. you're going to look back and, and be so happy that you took that first step. So just take a deep breath and it's exciting. It's tiring. It can be a little stressful, but um, you you're absolutely going to be so happy that that you did it. Right. Well, that's so great. And Christine, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It's great chatting with you again. I know. (laughs) It's such a treat. And to our audience, thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co-founder of I Relaunch and your host, Please go to irelaunch.com for resources, a job board, events, all of of the content and uh, what we create to support you as you are moving through the process of relaunching. Thank you so much for joining us. 